Good morning. We're delighted uh, that we're able to be here together, that you're um, here um, wherever you are, um, enjoying what it is to be God's church and encounter him and, and be a part of everything that he's doing. just want to begin this morning with a couple of thank yous, if I may. Firstly, a huge thank you to all of you who've been busily filling in our uh, returning to the church building survey online. It's been so, so helpful to get all of your thoughts and ideas and how you're feeling about things and what's important to you. If you've not yet had the chance, this is your last go, Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. You'll be aware that we're busily um, planning and preparing for our return to in-person gatherings in our church building. And we're going to be getting some uh, messaging out to you over the next couple of weeks as to what that's going to look like and the whens and the wheres and all those kinds of things. So a huge thank you to those who've been taking part in that process. A big thank you as well for all of you who have been contributing to our COVID-19 appeal as we resource our family support fund, launch our new uh, food pantry and homeless housing partnerships and support our Elim partners globally. It's been great uh, to know from the finance team that the giving has been coming in. It's still open. If you've not had chance to do that yet, give generously, give thoughtfully, give with your prayer and with your heart and let's really be a blessing to one another and a blessing to those who are in need at this time. A couple of little things to share with you this morning. Uh, We're going to be beginning a new sermon series. It's entitled Bless and we really want to encourage you all to be a part of a transformed community as we journey this together. If you are then you'll be receiving this resource as part of your transformed community, a little ebook that's going to help you to process a lot of this learning and grow together in these really important rhythms of life. And uh, the other thing to say is uh, next week we've got a real treat for you. We've got guest worship leaders uh, going to be leading us in worship in our online environment. None other than at Rend Collective. Uh, We're going to be having a fabulous time uh, next Sunday as they lead us in worship. So I would really encourage you uh, to dig deep into this time that we're sharing together over the summer Um, in the word, in worship. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. If you're unsure about anything or not yet connected with any of the things I'm talking about, please fill in the connection card. Make sure we've got your information or please message our WhatsApp prayer line as well. The details are there and we'd love to help you get connected. Let's join together, connected as we are, in worshiping God this morning. God bless you and be encouraged as we share together. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would leave
on your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king above all kings who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain
the king of my heart Be the shadow where I hide The ransom for my life Oh, he is my song And you are good You're good Oh, you are
gonna let me down You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down Cause you are good You're good Oh You are good Cause you are good You're good Oh You are good have thought as we concluded our gathering in our church building there toward the end of March with hastily rearranged communion stations and more or less forgetting to receive your offering. I know, my goodness. If you would have thought on that day as we said our goodbyes to one another that here we would be almost four months later still largely meeting in online environments only and only really now preparing for what it might look like to re-enter our building and gather in larger numbers. It's been quite a journey so far, hasn't it? For us as people of God and you know, you're so welcome if you're exploring and beginning to journey with God and see what that might be here this morning. As we journey with God, it's certainly been quite a journey for us over these recent weeks as well. We've learned a great deal as we've journeyed together in the Word of God to us, His Bible. We've learned that we are made for more. Do you remember how in Ephesians uh, we were learning about our unique calling and our shared mission to show this world the love of God? And then we, we learn that we can truly be anxious for nothing. As Philippians, that letter there in the New Testament, welcomed us into God's peace and into his purposes. And in Titus, we've recently been applying our doctrine, our teaching, understanding and our devotion to all aspects of our lives. In our homes, as a church and into our world. Plenty of learning, hasn't there been, about who we are in Christ about how we don't need to be afraid in this season and how our lives are lovingly designed by God, not accidental by any means and designed to make a difference. But what's next? What steps can we each be taking in order to live out the realities of who we are in Jesus? Well, over the summer, as we are in fact preparing to re-enter our buildings for those who that's appropriate for and start afresh our, our gatherings in person, well, we're going to be framing again our understanding of the call of God upon our lives uh, using, well, a really very simple tool. It's an acronym super memorable, we hope, uh, which spells out the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. Indeed, to bless is right at the heart of what we're hoping to do. More on that a little later. But simply put, we're going to be establishing 
by God's grace and full of his spirit, establishing as individuals, homes, transformed communities, and as a whole church, everyday rhythms of life, but with gospel intentionality. What does that mean? Gospel intentionality. It's doing the ordinary activities of life under the rule and reign of Jesus, for Jesus, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, you might ask, why intentionality? Or you might ask, why, why rhythms? You may even ask, why mission? Well, can I uh, maybe put it this way, in contradiction to that? Uh, there's a temptation within us, isn't there, to say, um, can't I just live my life my own way? Can't I just do my own thing? Well, let's contradict that, shall we? And let's go back to the beginning of the story of God. Let's be reminded for a moment or two of of what it is that we believe, of the story that we're living in. And it begins, doesn't it, of course, with who God is. It's worthwhile reminding ourselves of our own experience and what the scripture teaches us, that God is, he's good. In fact, he's perfect and he's kind and he's loving and he's always good to us. And so we want to know who God is to allow the reality of his goodness and his grace to permeate and and fill everything. God is the God who created everything good and perfect and with great purpose and intention. God is the God of all that we see. God is the God who created me and you and he creates things well. And into this creation, broken as it is by humanity's choices and wrong steps and sin, in fact, God comes again. God comes again in the person of Jesus. He comes to to, to find us, to rescue us, to make us new. He comes to pay the price for all our wrongdoing. He comes to give us hope and give us freedom and a hope of the fullness of life now and newness of life to come. God is good and he has done such good for you and for me. Well, what does this mean? What does that make us to be? We know who God is. We know what he's done. Well, who are you and I? In Jesus, if we accept his free gift of grace, if we give our lives into his hands, then all of a sudden we become dearly loved children of God, daughters, sons, heirs, inheritors, along with Christ Jesus, of the fullness of everything that he has done for us. We get to be people of newness of life, of promise now and forevermore. This is the wonder of who we are if we are in Christ Jesus. I do hope that you, your life is in Christ Jesus. And then we get to enjoy the possibilities and the the purposes of that. Just as God's goodness informs the way that he has acted in the world, so who he has made us to be informs what we get to do. Again, a little more on that later. Well, why do I share this, this, this simple gospel? Because as has been said, the gospel actually, it isn't just the diving board for your life or your Christian life. It's the whole pool. We are people who are formed by the story and the reality, the lived reality of the gospel. We're story formed people. We're shaped by the understanding we have for the world around us and how we fit into it. But in Christ, here's the wonder. 
we get to no longer be formed by the story of our culture or our society. Indeed, the brokenness of our world. That's good news. How redundant has the COVID pandemic shown the best stories of our world to be? The world's best understandings of how it all fits together have been challenged and shaken. The world's understanding of the meaning of everything and indeed the idea that there is meaning and how we fit in, well, it's been shown to be partial at best, downright wrong more often than not. And indeed, let's make this personal. All of our idolizing of the self, the desires to to be more, to get more, to do more, to go more, they've been cut down in one fell swoop. Well, what is left? It's the possibility, in fact, that we might just take Jesus at his word. In Matthew chapter 16 and verses 24 and 25, Jesus said this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Can we expand upon those words just a little Would you join with me in heading to the Bible? And if you've got one with you, I'd encourage you to open up to Romans and and chapter 12. If you don't have one, there's one available for you, one of the tabs within this online environment. Fill in our connection card. We'd love to send you a Bible so that you can explore it for yourself. And we'd be more than happy uh, to chat about that with you. But heading to Romans chapter 12 and reading from verse 1, we find these profound words that open up uh, how we might live in the story of God. It says there, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Rich little passage of scripture full of of challenge and intrigue. Uh, Certainly I think it is. Really what's going on here is a radical rerouting of our identity, rerouting in terms of its passageway, rerouting in terms of what it's planted into. The, The placing of ourselves and all of our ambitions and plans and desires and wants wholly into the hands of God and then of allowing him to show us that we are human beings before we are humans doing. As Christians it's so good for us to be reminded that our kingdom responsibility, uh, what do we say? We're dearly loved children. Well, we get to take part in the family business, but that, that responsibility, that family business, it flows from our covenant identity that we are dearly beloved children of God. Your relationship with God is what informs and empowers your responsibility in his purposes, not the other way around. Don't ever get confused by that. You can't do anything that will make God love you more 
or indeed love you less. He loves you powerfully and transformatively. And that's what informs everything in our lives. Look, we get to, and this is what these verses are telling us, we get to know God, to discern his will with renewed minds. And then we get to show God. This is a good story, isn't it? Don't you think? The truth is, all the best moments of this COVID season have been from the story of God. They've been glimpses of the glory of God breaking in. They've been episodes of the story of God being retold and often actually told and retold by those who don't even realise that they're part of God's story yet. Think perhaps of, of rainbows springing up everywhere as that covenant promise God made with Noah once again resonates with people in fear of their own lives. Think of NHS and social care workers choosing to place their own lives in not inconsiderable danger in order to care for and preserve the lives of others. Does that remind you of anybody? Does that remind you even of those words of Jesus we just read from Matthew's Gospel? Think of a government volunteering system that was set up and attracted 750,000 volunteers. What did they call it? Good Sam. Good Samaritan, the one who crosses the divides to save the hurting and helpless. Here's a great story of Good Samaritan, Samaritaning that you might like. A few weeks back, um, a story emerged that really resonated with me. I loved it. Of, of Irish folks reaching out to care for, would you guess, two Native American tribes that had been heavily stricken by COVID-19 repaying, in fact, the kindness offered to them during the potato famine of 1845, apparently, not long after their own suffering through the Trail of Tears. The Choctaw Nation donated the princely sum in those days of $170 to Ireland for famine relief. Wow, totally out of the blue. And so, in honour of that kindness, the Irish nation, the people of Ireland, have now raised over $1.8 million in relief funds for the Navajo and Hopi nations over there in the US. Remarkable stuff, isn't it? I want to put to you that these ordinary things actually speak to the extraordinary story of God. And for you and for me, we Christians, we need to be grabbing a hold of this. It's God's story. And we Christians are being called to remember it again ourselves, to realise and renew, be renewed, be transformed, such that in everything we do, God is present. Everywhere we go, we are children of God, servants of Jesus and sent ones in the power of the Spirit of God. Everything counts. Christ plays in the everyday stuff of life. We're inviting God to saturate our lives, to change us. And the change often, it's not so much in what we do or, or where we are, but how we do what we do where we are. The focus of our lives is shifting from ourselves to God and his mission. Instead of serving ourselves and building our own kingdoms, no, we seek to bless others and we seek God's kingdom.
Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring And worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save And worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you no one like you there is none besides you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you.
build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none besides you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none besides you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This morning we have the opportunity to do something a little different and that is to spend an extended period of time thinking, considering, embracing the wonder work of Jesus giving himself contrary to the the, the culture of our, our world giving himself rather than bolstering or elevating himself. No, he gave himself. And we this morning as we share in this video presentation that will follow. We can come around bread that speaks of his body broken for us, come around a cup that speaks of his life poured out for us, his blood which cleanses us from all our sins. We can come and and be transformed, no longer conformed, no longer about ourselves, rather in the nature of Christ, about one another. I'd urge you, watch this video, 
share communion with those that you're with this morning, knowing virtually we're sharing all together. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, watch this presentation. Consider what Jesus has done for you. Consider how you can can live, can begin to live in the way of Christ, even from today. Let's watch, let's share, let's be changed by the grace of God and for his glory. Thank you.
Let it rise, let it rise Holy fire burn inside Let it rise, let it rise All for Jesus Let it rise, let it rise Holy fire burn inside Let it rise, let it rise Let it rise, let it rise. Holy fire burn inside. Let it rise, let it rise. Oh, Jesus. Let it rise, let it rise. Holy fire burn inside. Let it rise, let it rise. So stir a passion in my heart, let it overflow, let it overflow. Stir a passion in my heart, God, let it overflow, let it overflow. So stir a passion in my heart, let it overflow, let it overflow. Stir a passion in my heart, God, let it overflow, let it overflow. Recently, Ian Bell, 55, he's been in the news for being refused service at a KFC drive-thru, which is all the more painful seeing us haven't been able to access those things for so long. Ian, you see, he was driving a cart pulled by his horse, named John, to the KFC drive-thru. Now, he waited in line and then he was met by the manager of the KFC outlet and told that for health and safety reasons, he would not be served the bargain bucket he had ordered previously. Rightly disappointed, Ian and John uh, went to McDonald's and got a Big Mac without any problems at all, apparently. Um, Here you can see Ian, I think, pictured uh, outside KFC in Carlisle uh, with John, his uh, seven-year-old Irish cob. Um, KFC have commented on the matter um, and cited the breach of health and safety, which meant that the horse and cart, albeit a common way of travel for some people, uh, doesn't actually meet their safety policies for using the drive-thru. Ian's weighing up his options. He's not averse, apparently, to trying out a Burger King um, as well for a change. Look, um, sometimes you've just got to do things differently, haven't you? You've got to look at things differently. Hasn't that been um, hugely uh, what this season has been about for us? Even just as we've been enjoying sharing communion together. It's different, but it can be good. It can be profound. It can be an invitation into something that is different, new, 
with great possibility. Look, again, what are we talking about today? We're talking about living the rhythms of everyday life with gospel intentionality, doing the ordinary activities of life under the rule and reign of our good King Jesus. We're doing them for Jesus and we're doing them with the power of the Holy Spirit so that others may know the wonder of life with Jesus. It's beautiful. It's a great image, but it can be really tricky, can't it? You know, just doing the the, the ordinary things of the, the weekly shop or commuting or taking a, a lunch break or paying your bills, going on holiday, working, uh, playing sports. Look, these things have been tough enough during this COVID season. Uh, and now Pastor Greg's saying we want to have gospel intentionality into these things. Hmm. Well, how does everything perhaps change because of Jesus, because of saying that these things can have Jesus in them? Well, what we're going to find is, and we're coming back now to that word bless, that acronym, um, we're going to find that these five rhythms will help us to reorient uh, those ordinary everyday moments of life around Jesus and around his mission. So what are they? What are these rhythms that can um, allow us to make in a level of intentionality in order to live out the, the reality of gospel hope in Jesus. Well, each week we're going to be unpacking one of these rhythms, spell out this word bless. What are they? B. Well, this is the easy one to remember. B stands for bless. We bless. Each week we're going to be invited to think about how we can be blessing others, whether in our church or Christian community, or in our local neighbourhood, or the people that we're encountering, blessing people in word, action, or gift at least three times. And to say, actually, you know, where am I going to be? Who am I going to be with? How can I turn some ordinary moments into moments of blessing just by something I say? So simple. A little action. Or even, you know, maybe on occasion, you know, a gift for somebody or, or some way of expressing the blessing of God. That's the first one we're going to unpack next week. L stands for we listen. Now, each week we're aspiring primarily and firstly to listen to God, to, to look for him, to guide us through his word and by means of his spirit at work within us and amongst us. And then we listen to the people around us. The Bible says, you know, be be, be slow to speak, quick to listen. And we want to listen to people around us to understand their stories and the story of the culture that we live in. We might not agree with everything, but we want to know and we want to value people um, as we are listening to them also. B, bless. L, listen. E, we eat. This is Pastor Greg's absolute favourite rhythm. It will come as no surprise to you. Um, but each week, what we want to do is turn this very ordinary thing, something that most of us will do 21 times a week, have a meal. Uh, we want to turn, some of you, maybe more, you're saying 21, that sounds a bit low. Well, we're just going to turn these ordinary rhythms into something um, intentional for the gospel. Uh, each week, we want to aspire to eat or drink with people outside of what we would normally do, so maybe outside of your, your immediate family or your household, um, offering friendship and community. Look, it might just be a coffee on a bench in a park. Maybe that's all that you can feel comfortable doing at the moment. Uh, going forward, uh, it might be lunch. It might be whatever it is. 
taking these ordinary things, imbuing them with gospel intentionality. Bless, listen, eat, S, speak. There it is. Having listened, we speak. Each week we aspire to tell the story of Jesus and our own story in Jesus. We want to be making Jesus a normal part of our conversations. We're going to talk a lot more about that. Additionally, we get to speak to God through prayer. We listen to him, but he invites us then to converse with him. And we recognise our need of him, our dependence, in fact, upon him for all things. Bless, listen, eat, speak, and then S, Sabbath. Sabbath is the, the sense of, of celebration, of, of pausing, of reorienting our life in Christ. It's, it's, a, it's a place, possibly a recreation, but that word, to, it means recreate. It is to be recreated in God. And we want to make sure we're spending time resting, praising, playing, partying, celebrating God's goodness and being creative in that. We bless. That's what we're going to be unpacking over the weeks to come. Simple things, uh, but done with and for God, they show him to those around us. Simple things. Maybe you're saying too simple. Huh. Well, have you seen the movie um, It's a Wonderful Life? I hope that you have. If not, you need to be Netflixing that shortly. Um, in the movie, that the key character, George Bailey, small town banker, wonderful guy, sometimes philanthropist, he gets to a point where he's totally despairing of his worth in life in this world. Circumstances, they're out of his hands, but they spiral out of control. Bad things are happening to all the people around him. He's blaming himself and he thinks that he is utterly worthless. Now, as the movie continues, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he's shown that his one simple life has touched the lives of countless others, countless others, often in small ways, but decisive ways, transformative ways. Altogether, he has had a remarkable impact on others by simply being intentional in small ways. It's just a simple illustration, but it's true. It's true that the small things done with great love, with gospel intentionality, can have a substantial impact. Truth is, it matters. Truth is, you matter. You count. And your choice to engage with the ways of Christ and the power of the Spirit really matters. Come back again um, to the story of God, what we were talking about earlier this morning. Look, it's because of who God is and what he has done that makes us then who we are in Christ. There's no need to have a sense of inadequacy. There's no need to feel like we're not enough or what we offer isn't big enough or good enough. If we're always returning to him, rooting ourselves in the story, rooting ourselves in the one who loves us and is always giving his goodness to us through Jesus. Our gospel intentionality then becomes less about simply summoning up something from within and rather about in him not having chores to do, but having the opportunity to get to do the things of the gospel in in God and for him. This is the joy of the story of God that you and I are invited into. Now, what does that look like? We talked about some of the ordinary things of life already. Look, um, 
don't be confused. Consider me for a moment. Here I am, I'm talking to you on um, your screens. Ordinarily, I might be on a platform behind a pulpit or something um, in church. Look, if those are your only examples of what it looks like to, to do God things, then hey, look, this is not going to work. It's not just about preaching and teaching and conducting meetings. It's not much use uh, to the rest of you, I don't suppose, is it? Hey, look, you try and get your family to sit still while you give them a a brief lecture for 30 or 40 minutes on the way of Christ. How's that going to go? Try that in your workplace when everyone's having lunch. Get everyone to line up in rows, face the front. Um, Look, we're not talking about living the way of Christ in these obvious kind of church ways. It's about the simple things of life. Uh, your everyday life with gospel intentionality. It's not actually about people coming to us. These rhythms, these blessed rhythms is about us going to them. You know, the goal is not for folks to come to a church building. It's not even for everybody to come to an online environment like this. No, it's for the people of God in the love of God to take the wonder of God to this world. For those around us, we Christians, to see what it looks like to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, and then to know that there's an invitation. There's open arms for anyone else to to try it out, to come and journey with Jesus too. We do that not by getting people to come to us, but by going to them and wrapping the loving arms of Jesus around them. Look, this can mean like change. Hey, it can even mean or feel a little bit like driving a a horse and a cart through what you're used to. I don't know how your health and safety rules will deal with that. What we're used to, what we're comfortable with, but we're living in a world of change. I think, frankly, it would be a terrible thing if we, the church, refused to change our ways in order to share the love of God with people where they are. Well, we remind ourselves that the message of the gospel of Jesus, it never changes, but the methods simply have to. Erin and I were watching a movie the other night called The Intern. I don't know whether you've seen it with uh, De Niro. It's based in a, a, an office. Um, and as per most offices, there is that one place, that one desk where everything has gone totally crazy. It's heaped up with discarded items from everybody in the office and no one takes responsibility for it. Everything there was worth acquiring at some point. It was useful at some point and it's considered too valuable just to put in the bin, but piled up in a heap, it's worthless to everyone and frankly, upsetting for some to see. Sometimes... We need a good clear out. Sometimes in our lives, we need a clear out, some simplification. In our church lives, we need a bit of a a rethink to organize, to sort through what's good and simply needs a, a place to put it and to pack away what maybe has been great for a season, but isn't for today. Do you know, it took 220 years after the pencil was invented for somebody to come up with the pencil eraser, with the rubber. (laughs) I think that's a a statement about human nature, isn't it? We we love to to add, to create, but we don't really love to tidy up or to um, take things away. We're happy to start things up, not so happy to stop. This summer, as we unpack these blessed rhythms, I'm not wanting to add more clutter to your life, no. 
rather to think how we might streamline, to be invested perhaps in fewer things of real significance, to genuinely be part of this church and its communities as we increasingly practice gospel intentionality. So for you, think about this. What maybe do you need to retire? What do you need to rethink? Maybe what do you need to restart? There's a story that I read during this season of uh, the church in in, in Egypt. Um, apparently it's well known, this story amongst Coptic churches. See, in the 10th century, the caliph in Cairo issued a decree to close all the churches of the Coptic Christians in the whole land and forbid the church bells to ring. Everything was closed. Over time, gates grew rusty and pigeons started to take residence in the sanctuaries and Some of the faithful Coptic Christians travelled across the the desert seeking monasteries in the wilderness where they could meet for prayer and worship. But most people couldn't do that. They couldn't afford to do that. They couldn't just up and go. So they were forced to stay in their homes week by week, Sunday by Sunday. After nine years, this caliph who had decreed the closing decided to see how it was going. And so he set out in disguise on a Sunday and walked the streets of their quarters in Old Cairo. As he walked the narrow streets, he heard, surprisingly, their prayers, the reading of the Bible, worship from every house that he passed. His reaction was another decree. Are you interested? Here it is. Open their churches, he said, and let them pray as they please. I thought I had closed the church in every street, only to find that I had opened a church in every home. What if that happened again? To some extent it has. But let's springboard from this moment. What if we weren't so keen on on the trappings of, of what we thought to be church and we're more keen on together being the church, intentional about the gospel, seeing God do wonders through our lives that bless. Feels like Jericho Build them more
you've broken. 